Hello, hello, and welcome back to Epiloggers, a book club for fantasy fiction and nerd-like reading where we crack open a beer as we crack open our books. Sorry to interrupt the regularly scheduled programming of Ender's Game Part 1, which will be coming out in two weeks. We just wanted to stay as relevant as fucking possible here at Epiloggers, and we wanted to discuss Game of Thrones. The internet has still not quite gotten over the series finale of Game of Thrones, and there's a lot of very intense feels out there. A really good way that we have decided to mourn is to just talk about it and let it all out. So in this episode, we're going to discuss our feelings on the good, the bad, and the ugly, but we did truly love everything that everyone brought to the table for this final season. The actors did a phenomenal job. The effects team was through the fucking roof. Everything was amazing. There were just a few things related to the writing, as we all know, that really left us wanting. As true fantasy fiction nerds, we love what Game of Thrones did for bringing fantasy fiction and dragons and storytelling to mainstream media. But we just really want to pull our hair out for how they just dropped the ball. Really? They just they just dropped the ball. I think that's all I'm going to say here in the intro. But if you are a first-time listener, I am truly, truly sorry. The audio quality is just not there this episode. I have a feeling that I somehow used my computer microphone instead of my dedicated microphone. I don't even know how those settings get changed between recording sessions, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I truly do apologize. It is so echoey. I spent so many hours trying to fix it, and this is literally the best I could get it. So if you like what we're talking about and you enjoy our humor, please check out our other episodes where we do have standard good quality audio, such as the past two episodes about Delirium from Lauren Oliver. We truly think that those are the best two episodes we've put out yet, and we would love for you to listen to them. So please don't judge us by this episode. I am very, very sorry. We have a lot to look forward to in the next couple episodes with Ender's Game, then moving on to Mortal Engines. We're really excited to have you guys read with us and engage with us on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, where we post our beers that we're drinking, updates on the books that we're reading, as well as notifications on when our episodes come out. Please let us know if there's anything that you'd like us to read or if you have any ideas on how to make this podcast even better. I think that's everything. Uh, Let's just go ahead and get our beers and get started. All right, we just jumping right into it, guys. (laughs) Let's jump right into it, guys. Let's jump right into it. So, good evening. (laughs) (laughs) Good evening. I um, am wearing my retainers, so (laughs) I don't know if I sound a little lispy. You don't to me. That's good. I feel a little lispy. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you've never had, have you had invisible liners before? Mm -mm. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I had a retainer in eighth grade, but. Yeah, I mean, even that, like, it was probably a wire in front of your teeth and then, like, the plastic part in the roof of your mouth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like even that is less invasive than having, like, a sheet of plastic encasing all of your teeth. Yeah, I think so, too. 
too. I feel, yeah, I mean, it's still pretty weird because <laughs> it's like I need more room for my tongue and my mouth. Yeah. And it's just weird. So yep. uh, I, I guess we'll find out in editing if I sound weird or not. <laughs> I swear you sound normal to me. Yeah, Ross said the same thing, but whatever. We'll see. <laughs> uh, so my legs and armpits and forearms are like beet red. <laughs> Why? From this evening's pool dancing class. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, those under, like, you know the soft part of your arm? So, like, not technically your armpit, mm-hmm. but, like, the soft part of your arm where, like, there is never muscle. Like, I guess it would be tricep if it was muscle. Yeah. That skin bruises so easily. It just, like, rips across the hole. Yeah, so she was trying to have us go straight from a right-legged fan into mm-hmm. a sit and oh. that it took like you had to squish the pole in between your tit and that <laughs> squishy part of your arm <laughs> and not only was I just like squishing the shit out of my tit <laughs> but I could not hold onto the bar with my forearm for the life of me so I would get like halfway through the fan go to keep swinging the right leg around and to Mm -hmm. like slap it around the pole Mm -hmm. and I just I just kept falling off like I would just fall (laughs) off (laughs) so that was the only move this evening that I did not conquer I was just remembering when you said that you fell off I was thinking about the first time that I took the class like the the first go around um we were like at the end of the class but I think the second session that summer so like we took the first session so a couple weeks and then we had a lot of fun so we went back and did the second session yeah and the second session was much more focused on like hold work so like being higher up on the pole and not coming down so like yeah you don't start on the ground and get to hop up you just like hang there all the time and so we finally got to go upside down which was like this big (laughs) fancy thing that we were going to do some stuff that was upside down and she was like when you go upside down just remember not to let go of the pole and we were like the fuck why would you let go of the pole Mm -hmm. and she was like trust me it happens it happens every time someone (laughs) lets go of the pole so we're flipping upside down it's really fun it's like an adult jungle gym Mm -hmm. and my (laughs) friend finally gets upside down and we all cheer for her and what does she fucking do she puts her arms out to say yay and smashes into the floor face first (laughs) oh i I was like oh my god she did it she let go (laughs) yep yep and i can picture what you were doing because there were some more advanced girls there trying to do such things Mm -hmm. oh yeah you don't want to smash up your face or anything else no I remember another time this instructor who was so funny I what were we doing we were going from like two legs around the outside so like a seated Mm -hmm. legs out in Mm -hmm. front of you I guess like forward fireman but both your legs are straight and then you would like reverse your hand grip and move so that your legs were on either side of the pole oh yeah and then do something else and I accidentally caught too much speed from the like original move and just like with all that speed was like well I'm in a panic and I'm just gonna try and do the next one and like put one leg around the pole and just like (laughs) almost slammed into it and this instructor yells watch the kitty (laughs) 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 that's the best (laughs) 
it wasn't even she wasn't yelling it at me to like be mean or anything it was like it was with Mm -hmm. so much genuine concern that's what made it so funny is that she was like so worried like (laughs) watch the kitty (laughs) yeah the instructor this evening (laughs) also mentioned something about that too she's like okay the concept is not to jump onto the pole. The concept is either to spin around as wide as you can around the pole or hug your tits to the pole. Do not put your vagina on this pole. And we all look at her and she's like, you're, if you jump up onto this pole at the speed that mm-hmm. we're probably going to be getting at, you are going to slam oh, your yeah. pubic bone on this pole and it, it is not going to that. feel good. She's like, everyone has weird kinks, but I promise this is not one of I them. I promise <laughs> this is not one. <laughs> <laughs> you will have pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game of Thrones. You knew it was coming. Yeah. And by you, I mean whoever the fuck listens to this. <laughs> So let's shit on Game of Thrones because that is all the internet is doing right now and I'm here for it. We got to get on this hype train. I got to get on. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is relevant, goddammit. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Sure. <laughs> so did you read any of George R.R. R. Martin's books? I did not. Me neither. I tried reading the very first book. Don't even, I don't even know what it's called, but I after watching... Is it called Game of Thrones or is it called Ice and Fire? I think Ice and Fire is the one that he's working on that he hasn't released. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Game of Thrones. Uh, After the first couple seasons of Game of Thrones, I think we binge watched the first three, maybe four seasons Mm -hmm. because we didn't get on right away. Um, so I tried reading the book because I was like, you know what? This is very, like, very my style. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Tons of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. It's hard to read because there are so many perspectives. Sure. I've heard that from now other people because who have read it. yeah, like if you can't keep track, then I mean you're gonna have to take a really long time to read because <laughs> you'll have to read chapters over and over right. again or keep notes like mm-hmm. because he bounces around just about every chapter I'd say right. and although that's great in the show mm-hmm. it did take me a long time in the show to remember names oh, yeah. and places and like it took me a long time I'm glad we binge watched because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to keep up I right. don't think if I had to wait a week I don't think I could have Oh absolutely not and I also binge watched the first five seasons i jumped in you're a little late yeah right when after me the show did not have book material to go off of and i think that was oh so that's six six yeah um so i binge watched all of it over the course of a couple months and i could not keep track of anyone even watching the show i'd be like who the fuck is that now yep it was it was a struggle uh i eventually like really got into it like at first I wasn't but like I eventually really got into Mm -hmm. it I should we should try rereading the books and you should try reading Mm -hmm. them but I just don't know if it's gonna go well like I I really hope that Martin changes the ending and I really hope that he gives it the effort and the and I know he will Mm -hmm. because he is so passionate about Mm -hmm. it anytime he talks about it he is so passionate about it um, so I know that he would do it justice. I just don't know if I can read his style of writing. It's just going to be tough. Why don't you just read the last ones? <clears throat> like when the shows stop mm-hmm. or when the books stop mm-hmm. down? Yeah. So I didn't really... The very first topic, I think, is pacing. Ooh, give me that. Give me that pretzel. <laughs> I can see it on the audio bar and me crunching is louder than me laughing. So <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> 
the pacing. The pacing. Yeah. I didn't really notice a pacing issue in season seven, mm-hmm. but it has been two years. We just rewatched season seven before season eight started, yeah. and I didn't really feel that the pacing was wrong. Mm-hmm. I It still felt fine. It definitely wasn't like take an entire season for someone to get from point A to point B like it was right. in seasons one and two. Right. But it didn't feel rushed just yet. I still was very much yes queen you're doing it right sure. and you're talking about season seven right or are you talking about season, season eight? seven okay great. no seven. i was gonna have to strongly disagree if you were talking about season eight yeah so then we move so i guess are you agreeing with me that season seven was like still great like yeah. it was still like a very good like i was on the fucking edge of yep. my seat like it was just a great experience i didn't have any really complaints about season seven no Um, Does season seven end with the dragon, the first dragon that dies becoming a white dragon? Yep. And then it burns down or ices down the wall. Still don't know if it was breathing fire or ice. I think it was fire. I think it was blue fire. Who knows? I was hyped for that dragon to be a frost dragon. Oh, I know. If it was ice. Jesus Christ, that would have been amazing. Mm -hmm. I didn't really read too much of the like lore or anything Mm -hmm. yet. It wasn't until we had a year hiatus that I really got on the Game of Thrones subreddit. Oh, man. And just fucking ate that shit up. (laughs) So obviously, leaving that much time to the fans put way too much hype and expectations mm-hmm. on this final season. Right. I think they that was one major flaw. Right. They gave way too much time for people to think and hope and wait and excite yep. and hype and everything. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, that was a major flaw. Uh, I think my, besides the pacing, my biggest complaint with season eight was what I felt to be a complete abandonment of seven seasons worth of character development. Yeah, I didn't think anyone behaved in a way that was true to their character. I thought the actors did a really good job doing what they had to, but I felt like I felt like they ruined all of this character development that happened seasons one through seven. There was a whole bunch of like lore and magic and prophecies that they spent time on that meant nothing. Yeah, like what was the whole deal with Danny? You know, like having this prophecy and losing her children and the dragon or her children and then she hooks up with Jon Snow I was like okay well is this the magic situation where she can have children again like will that alter this story the prophecy is never mentioned again even though we brought it up several times throughout the series like I would have forgotten about it had it not been brought up a couple times right I thought even maybe like the dragons would be able to reproduce like are they confirmed oh my god I was so hyped after episode four when so Viser or Ray, uh, not Rhaegar. Oh yeah, Rhaegar. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that gets shot down in episode four. When she turns around, I thought for sure that Drogon was going to end up being a female mm-hmm. dragon because the females are always, always much larger. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, this is why Drogon disappeared for a couple months back a couple seasons ago. Uh-huh. We had no idea where Drogon went. Yeah. And then nothing ever came of that. I thought for sure she was laying an egg. Right. I mean, <laughs> and I was like, yes, another dragon. What are we going to name it? It's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> 
Yeah. And then, I mean, get, kill this, kill it again if you want to, but, like, man, that would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. There's always an advantage to having a little one, too. Yeah, def. Yeah, that could have been great. Um, The pacing of season eight and, like, not staying true to the characters, mm-hmm. I think what really made me feel so dissatisfied was... Every other season, it wasn't like episode per episode we were working on a storyline. Mm-hmm. Episode This episode started and ended a storyline. The very next yep. episode started and ended a storyline. Yep. Every single episode in season eight could stand alone because yeah. it didn't flow into the next episode. Right. Everything, like you had no idea how these things were going to connect, you know, like before. And I think some of the intrigue of Game of Thrones is like how all these characters interconnect and like how the actions of one character make waves like literally across this world, you know, like like political intrigue and relationships and deaths and all these things intertwined where you would be like, oh my gosh, this could be a problem for so-and-so. They're, you know, like out here at the wall or whatever. And, you know, like these things, they started and they ended. And I was like, okay, cool. So I guess that's over. Well, right. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. And I think that died with Littlefinger. Yeah. As soon as they killed Littlefinger, it seemed like everyone was on their own individual path and it didn't matter what anyone else did. Right. Littlefinger was the only one all seven seasons that like intertwined a lot of mm-hmm. these stories and caused a lot of misery right. mystery right i feel like Tyrion could have been that character too like he's been on both sides jamie's been on both sides Jon snow's been on both yeah, sides even varus too yeah, yeah. varus could have done it too i mean like they started trying to do that and then they just like immediately killed him off yeah and he fucking burned the letter like what was the point of him starting all that bullshit it came to nothing you know like had this been a previous season he would have gotten that let her out oh yeah well so they they're talking about how that little girl was trying to poison danny and she wasn't eating so like was that like a little bit of a force do you did you not catch that either no so when varus is at the beginning of that episode that he gets burned he's talking to that little girl yeah the little girl says i don't know what to do she's not eating that's to imply (gasps) literally to imply that she's trying to poison danny wow yeah I didn't know unless I read the subreddit because the wow. subreddit told me that. Thank you, subreddit. I missed that. Um, I thought she was just spying but, on her. Yeah, that too. Um, so that tells us two things. One, that Varys is actively trying to kill Danny. Mm-hmm. Two, Danny is feeling depression. She's not eating. Like, so there is something wrong with her. But that's all we get to tell us that she's suffering. And like, she looks I like feel garbage. like, <laughs> and she looks like fucking garbage. <laughs> Poor she Danny. looks like a real person. And when she comes in, and we're all like, oh god, god, did you sleep at all? <laughs> yeah, no, she's I felt like, that fresh too. Fresh face, hashtag no filter, and we're all like, oh my god. <laughs> I felt like it was a really good, like, mystery if Varys, did Varys get out any of those letters? Did anyone learn? Like, does anyone know? Are we going to have this major turnaround? And oh, nothing. It doesn't matter. Nothing. One, because they kill him and he doesn't do anything important. Two, genocide. Yeah, it doesn't matter because we never find out if any of the princes or anyone else from anywhere learn because... Gave a shit. I guess not then. I guess the ending, the result is no, Varys got out to nobody. Yep. Fine. Okay. Nope. So my sister and I, final topic about the pacing, because I just, I think this was such a great idea that my sister came up with. Beginning and ending every episode shouldn't have told the entire story. Right. So let's say that the first episode was the Night King coming to, I can't remember that place. 
Winterfell? No, no, no. It was the town that they learned that he sacked. Remember oh. that? So that first town. Yeah, yeah. So the Night King makes it to that first town before the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, they wait until the end of the episode to do that, and I have no idea why. So Bran, who has this magic seeing ability, mm-hmm. knows that the Night King just sacked that town. Right. So the second half of that episode is basically the entire second episode. Everyone's getting their final yayas out, <laughs> and <laughs> and we get that fantastic, like, tension build up so like we get the the night king coming we learn he's here we're like fuck and then it just kind of like the tension just rides steady until the end of the episode and we're just kind of like what what now what yeah so then the very end of the episode is showing everyone lining up and it's just like dead night yeah so everyone's outside of the wall fucking cutscene end beginning of next episode is when you like immediately is like the the beginning of the, the second one then so like the dothraki leaving like we're not spending all this time getting everyone set up and can i have to i have to sending in the dot yeah i know let's talk battle strategy real quick (laughs) are we to assume that so what i don't understand is okay let's assume that Jon snow has only good knowledge of hand-to-hand combat he doesn't know battle strategy Mm. he doesn't know like total plans Mm -hmm. like he doesn't know how to include everyone but you're telling me that Tyrion. Sir Davos, mm-hmm. Brienne, anyone else literally on that staff, fucking Grey Worm doesn't have any idea of how to set people None up. None of them had a battle strategy. Their battle strategy was to send their least defended portion of their army. And I'm saying that because they don't have fire. I think they might have lit their flaming swords, but whatever. You're going right, and there's to no send... way they didn't all have dragon glass. No. They were just using iron. Yeah, you're gonna send your least protected mercenary band. You're sending your mercenaries yeah. out into the dark as first of all, one single frontline unit. Yeah. They can't see, they're not well protected. You have no air cover for them because the dragons are not yet involved somehow. Yeah. And and the thing is, is I think that go ahead. It, like the, you couldn't even tell that the night army was there. You no. know, like they like How sent them we... out. They just charged. How long would and you like, have to so run? The subreddit was confused, so I don't even know what the like what the showrunners wanted. Was it an accidental like that they were all so fucking hyped to have this fire that they just charged without warning? I don't think so. So someone alerted and said charge. Go. Like they knew that they were supposed to charge. Run into the dark. We're not. We're not sure, but that's pretty. It's what we're going with because. The Dothraki, number one, the Dothraki hate magic. They would never agree or like that they had all their swords set on fire. Mm -hmm. Sure, they may think that's really cool, but they also are deathly afraid of magic. (laughs) Cool. cool, So that did not make sense. (laughs) Again, your whole character development thing just went out the fucking window for something that was aesthetically pleasing. It's like they forgot who everybody was. And in addition to that, let's think about army strategies that include sacrifice. They can work. They can definitely work. Sometimes it's really useful. Yeah. Here, so we'll say in um, Magic the Gathering, in Hearthstone, and yeah. probably in Dungeons and Dragons, when is the one time that you don't sacrifice members of the army when you're fighting the undead? Yeah. Because they get stuff from that. Every warrior that you lose and sacrifice gets to play for the other team. So yep. why would you send your mercenaries over? Yeah, I don't know. Now you have some of your best, like, aside from the unsullied, probably some of your best and most most ruthless warriors are now fucking whites. Yep. You idiots. <laughs> Just- 
There was no I strategy. don't think. Yeah, there was. I don't know who came up with that strategy, but it was absolutely wrong. And it wasn't just made up because if you look in the first episode when they're all sitting around the round table discussing this quote unquote strategy mm-hmm. that I don't think they ever talk about, number one. So we as viewers have no idea what they're doing mm-hmm. and it's really fucking stupid what they're doing. So we're all like, who the fuck came up with this idea? You know, cause they not only did not talk about it, but they're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Final topic about this stupid war strategy, because we don't want to talk about it forever. Mm. You don't put trebuchets <laughs> in front of your warriors. Oh <laughs> you don't fucking do that. Not to mention <laughs> that they send the Dothraki out and then start and then firing so the trebuchets. Funny. So you're killing all your Dothraki. Oh my god, who put that together? I know better than that. It just doesn't make any sense that they just like held the dragons back and didn't use them. The dragons are the only thing. And then, and then, in Winterfell, a place that is frequently under blizzards and snow, they decided that their strategy for alerting the dragons for assistance would be one fucking dude waving a torch. Waving. Waving a torch. the fuck? Are they going to see that? You're waving a candle at a jet plane on a dark and stormy night. How are they going to see that? And then, surprise, surprise, that strategy doesn't work. Oh, God. Not that everyone was really... at that table was an idiot. Thank you for that. That was really great. <laughs> All right. That's enough of the war. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> fucking move on. It's, it's, there's so many holes, it's not even worth the effort. <laughs> I didn't like the long night because it felt like too long. Like there were just, no one was dying, you know, so there wasn't any kind of like tragic, like, oh no, kind of feelings because everyone Mm -hmm. kept making it out. Yeah, no one big died. And then Mm -hmm. it was just going on way too long. So I really think that, um, I, I, I think I might have incorrectly stated what I wanted in the first episode, but I wanted, you know, like the buildup of the Night King coming to the town, mm-hmm. Bran finding out that he's in the town, getting everyone up and ready, quickly going through everyone's yayas, and then ending the episode. Like, if you still want to do that, like, very cinematic, Dothraki, all the lights going out, mm-hmm. which was a very beautiful shot. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Very beautiful shot. Right. I loved it. Some of the cinematic but, is really good this season oh yeah the only people that you can congratulate this season are the actors Mm -hmm. because they did as absolutely best as they could absolutely and the people who created the costumes and like the filming like literally everyone except for the writers (laughs) but so keep that shot so end the episode with all of the dothraki going out and everyone looking at each other like with instant dread with instant realization that they've fed fuel into the fire (laughs) Right, and then just cut the episode there. Mm-hmm. Next episode is most of the war, and then like like a cutout, like a black screen, and then coming back, and then everyone's doing the pyres, and it's a very like somber experience. Right. Everyone waking up the next day. That was rough. But still, not too many people died. So it was, was it really that rough? Who knows? And then, so like, I think the whole point that I'm trying to make is that it should, the, the climaxes, should have flowed between the episodes to really draw out the weekly dread sure. that you would experience from Sunday to Sunday. Absolutely. Because otherwise, I was just like, what's, what are they going to do this night? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no idea what was going to happen, which I don't think I liked. I wanted to have right. an idea. I mean, even the dread would be better. You know, like sometimes that can be really painful. Where you're like, holy shit, how am I going to survive this week of my mundane human life? <laughs> Waiting Knowing that all the Dothraki are dead and we have no idea who's going to die next episode. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I know. And I feel like even if they did that, uh, it probably would have changed a lot of everyone's perceptions mm-hmm. because it was just like too cut. Yeah, they were just like, it was just cut and bang, cut and bang, cut and bang, the whole way through. Just so abrupt and so fast. I had no idea that they were going to defeat the White Walkers the first episode. Yeah, It was just like this entire threat for the entire series was just like gone in an instant. I shouldn't say an instant in like the longest battle ever. Yeah, it was an entire 60 minute episode. It was nuts. <laughs> they were super proud of themselves because yeah. <laughs> the Battle of Winterfell is going to take some kind of record for being the longest battle scene ever. So it surpassed the length of some of the battle scenes from Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. And so, one, when I heard that, I was like, step off. <laughs> First of all, I love you, Game of Thrones, but step off because you're not yeah. Lord of the Rings and that's a movie. Um, no, a lot of people keep making comparisons too. And I'm like, you should probably not do yeah, that. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be very mad about that. <laughs> Me uh, second of all, I personally love the battle scenes of Lord of the Rings. I think they're cinematically beautiful. They're well-paced. Um, everything about them is great. But I know that a lot of people struggle through them and can't watch Lord of the Rings because it's too much battle and they find that boring or monotonous. Mm-hmm. So you guys thought to yourself, we're going to take the part of Lord of the Rings that the majority of people don't like. Struggle with. And we're going to make it longer, mm-hmm. darker, and I mean visually darker. Right. And we're going to take out some of the, like, deaths. Because Lord of the Rings right, would yeah, tell we're not going like, to kill as many characters as well. Right. That was your plan. And Game of... Yeah, Game of Thrones is notorious for killing off major characters. Yeah. Dude, you guys suck at writing if you can't kill off major characters when what other than, you know, Brienne and Jamie fucking, did Brienne really add any extra into the rest of the season? No, so they could have killed her. She got knighted. Her character arc was complete. They should have killed her in the Battle of Winterfell. That would have made sense. And I understand that no one would have written in the book, but Tyrion could have. Yeah. She didn't need to write in the book. Right. I guess the Lord Command Commander of the Night, not the Night's Watch, um, the King's Landing Army. Can't think of what they're called. Oh, I'm called. But they, they're the ones, the Lord, the the commander of the King's Guard. There we go. Got Boom. it. Is supposed to write in the book. And I get it. That that in I that part for Brienne makes sense, but it didn't need to happen. No. So you really should have killed Brienne. Yeah. I was kind of upset that they didn't kill more people. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds really dark, no, but like it makes sense in this universe. I liked Missende's death. So like that was a good death for me, but I, it was also kind of wasteful. Yeah, I disagree with her death because I thought it was a really poor example of fridging. <laughs> What's that? It's when a female character serves no other purpose than to incite the development of a male character. So it's called that because of a really old comic where someone's, a hero's girlfriend is brutally murdered and they put her head in the freezer. Oh. And he like opens his freezer and finds her head. And then he goes on a character development path. Oh, I understand. So you can like refer to it as fridging because like the female character's death isn't experienced like by her I'm, I'm struggling to explain this her death no, I understand what you're saying like put forward someone else's plot so like even though she like said Dracarys and she was brave in the moment we don't watch her die we watch Grey Worm's reaction to her death yeah I understand exactly what you're saying and I do think that she did serve two purposes you know showing both Daenerys and Grey Worm mm-hmm. something but everyone also was kind of saying like Missende why didn't you try to take Cersei down with you you're 
you're on a fucking ledge. Yeah. Why didn't you try to push her or something? And I'm still kind of surprised that they kept her alive. Like, and nothing Mm -hmm. had happened to her. Like, she was okay. And also, how did they even get her? I just assumed that she drowned. Euron, I guess, picked her up. Yeah, but how? Like, everyone jumped ship. No one was watching her. It just seems kind of weird that she was captured at all. I know. And that, that again, is the pacing because, like, (laughs) excuse me. (laughs) Any other time, we would have seen her get picked up by Euron. Right. And then, like, held and then, for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that all happened in a matter of hours to, or seconds to us, but hours for the show. And, like, that doesn't all quite make sense in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. Right. Um, it also, like, as a death, as far as Cersei goes, that was pretty weak. Like, just. Oh, you didn't like it? I kept arguing oh, with my oh, sister no, no, about no, no, this, no. too. I mean, Missandei's death no. by Cersei. So, like, Cersei orchestrated death. Mm-hmm. Like, she has murdered people in some pretty horrific ways. And, like, there was no. I don't, I don't know how to say it. It's also super dark, but, like, she made that woman live in a cellar and watch her daughter slowly get poisoned to death. Right, yeah. And then rot. But she beheaded Masande. Well, yes and no. I don't know if I think that much into it, because you're right, that isn't quite a Cerseiism. Mm-hmm. Like, she would have definitely made Masande do something to make her, like, less of a person. But that was all for the character development of Danny going mad. Right. You know what I mean? That's what so, I mean. like, it had to be a very visual, dramatic kind of thing. Yeah. I, I agree that it, it was done for Danny's foreshadowing. I saw the best thing on Instagram. I can't credit who it is because I don't know who started it, but it said foreshadowing is not character development. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Like, I understand where Danny's character went yeah. based on the things that happened to her, but I disagree with taking her character through those trials and bending her character this way. Because yeah. we spent too much time building her up to be one kind of character and then like everything that could have possibly gone wrong for her went wrong and like I understand that that happens sometimes in your life but I still don't really think that she would have necessarily become the mad queen yeah and so let's go ahead and just like dish out all of our Danny issues (laughs) because I I made the comment I'm not going to read it because I don't want people to know what my Reddit name (laughs) is who you are (laughs) But my, like, I had this good paragraph that I really kind of thought about Mm -hmm. as, because I did binge watch all of Game of Thrones before this final season. So I'm pretty up to date on what's going on. In my opinion, Danny originally started out as very uh, dominant, submissive. Mm -hmm. She was very submissive to Viserys. I can't even think of his real name right now. I think that is it. Viserion is the dragon. Viserys is the person. I think so. And she was very submissive to Khal Drogo. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the Khaleesi's or her handmaidens taught her how to dominate Khal mm-hmm. that she kind of started changing her like outlook. And then that's when she started asking Drogo if he would cross the narrow sea. Mm-hmm. Like none of that talk started until she started gaining confidence in herself. Right. And she got pregnant so, and she like stepped into the right. role as queen, Khaleesi. Yes. So the character arc changed from submissive to edging towards dominant. Mm -hmm. And then when Jorah comes, no, not Jorah, when Tyrion comes into the picture is like Danny's peak of dominance. Mm -hmm. 
because the very first couple of things that Tyrion says to her in council meetings with them at um, Stone Dragonstone, mm-hmm. um, Tyrion is the one to put the words in her mouth. He says to her, you don't want to be queen of the ashes. He is trying to talk her out of burning everything down. Mm-hmm. So then she says... And, well, I'm, like, paraphrasing sure. dramatically. But, like, she kind of, like, oh, you're right. I've been freeing all of these innocents. I've been doing all of this because I've been... But her goal doing that was to build an army. She wasn't necessarily doing that because she loved those people. Mm-hmm. She do did it because she knew that they would provide her something. Right. So she, she does show many moments of compassion. But then she also doesn't. Right. She loves... Loves those people that were like staked to the cross in Marine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she gives them water and she's very upset about it. But then she just kills all of the nobles of Marine. Right. And does the so, same like, thing to them. Right. So, yes, she's showing compassion, but she has a very dark way of finding that revenge. Right. She has a very violent side for sure. Yes. So it kind of goes back and forth. And I know that the writers didn't know the ending until season five or season six when they started had to write their own shit Mm -hmm. but like george martin puts up a really great like is danny good is danny bad Tyrion says that i think it might have been varus says to Tyrion to rein her in Mm -hmm. that because varus can really see that there's a seesaw Uh and he's concerned that she's gonna tip it yeah um, because he's all heard all of the stories too. Varys, the Whisperer, like he knows everything that's gone on. So he knows that she can be mildly dark if she needs to. Mm-hmm. So final, second to last episode, Miss Ende's dead, her best friend yeah. in the entire world. She killed Varys because, and someone who she put a lot of trust into that turned her back on mm-hmm. him. She knew that Tyrion let Jamie out. Tyrion's no longer her hand. Jorah's dead. Jon Snow, J- Jorah's dead. Jon Snow turned cock-blocked. <laughs> She knows that some of the people in Winterfell know that Jon's more rightful. Like, she's, like, going, like, I think it would have been cinematically nice if they, like, bounced, like, did quick snippets of everything that's made her to be angry. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Jon Snow turning her down and, like, you know, everything. Like, just to remind us that everything she's been through, called dying, her baby dying, like, everything. And then she's all alone. She's up on the wall with the only person she has left. And the bells are not enough. She she sees all of these people running to Cersei, running to the Red Keep for safety because they're damn scared of this dragon. Right. And so she's like, I do want to be Queen of the Ashes. And then turns on all those people that are turning towards Cersei. It was weird to me. My theory would make more sense if she focused on the Red keep first sure you know like if we had this dramatic like she flew up to the red keep her and cersei made like dramatic eye contact like what are you gonna fucking do now bitch and cersei's like you know cersei's like i'm not giving up and then so danny's like fine and then just burns a big old fucking circle around the red keep killing all those innocent people that are running for shelter right then she didn't need to burn down the entire city right or she could have like like, i know she could have attacked the red keep destroyed cersei 
Cersei her enemy. She could and she could have done it in a, like a horrific way. Like she could have lit it from the bottom so that she couldn't get out and then just like watched her burn inside. You know, like there were ways that she right. could have got her revenge from it. I did not understand why she didn't go for the Red Keep. It was obvious that she had destroyed all of the like dragon slaying crossbows. There was no yep. threat to her or her army anymore. And then she exactly just, like, cracked and went for right. all of the civilians. It would have made, I think, more sense to me had she destroyed the Red Keep, perched the dragon on top of it, and told people to bend the knee, and they were too scared to. Yeah. You know? And then and then killed the and city. And then torched yes, the city. I like that too. Um, Carrie and I also talked about how the, the green wildfire was supposed to symbolize what Aegon, Aegon? Yeah, the previous Mad yeah, King. Yeah. He was threatening to burn the city down with this green wildfire. Mm-hmm. And so Jamie put a sword in his back. Right. In that final, like her sweeping, you see the the destruction that her dragon fire is causing mm-hmm. in relation to the wildfire, and the wildfire is nothing, nothing compared, compared to, to the dragon fire. fire. So, like that says a lot too. But you know, I didn't pick that up until the subreddit told me. Yeah. So, like, if the dragon fire ended up being an accident, so let's say Danny didn't want to burn the whole city down. She wanted to burn the Red Keep and the innocents running to the Red keep the ones inside the red right. keep and by doing that she accidentally sent off the wildfire mm-hmm. that would have been so like dramatic right. and like danny like fuck i didn't want to kill right. all of those and people she could have had that moment where she like realized what she had become you know what i mean mm-hmm. because she was afraid of becoming her family like she loves her family and she right feels slighted that the throne was taken away from them and but she knows that her whatever he was to her grandpa her father i think her father i think it was just her father and it's like the flipping of the coin and she knows the flipping of the coin right. it would have been a really good moment for her to see just like wildfire exploding everywhere and mm-hmm. to like have that moment where she realizes what she's become yeah and then she could have even if they wanted to go down that route she could have seen it that way and then chose to continue on that path anyway. right she's like yeah like and she sees like the the reaction of the people so right so they don't bend the knee mm-hmm. she accidentally sets off the wildfire and sees that like that kind of like she gets like that i can do this mm-hmm. and then burns the rest of the city down fine yeah i i would then agree with it for her to go directly after the innocence doesn't make sense because she's been on this seesaw and you mm-hmm. can't tell me that she just because of you know the last thing that happened to her was john cock blocking her yeah. and you you're telling me that the final thing that sent the good of her out the window was john cock blocking her well so i heard some stuff about this and it was apparently important the wording that they used so she okay. you know he says that she'll always be his queen and yep. she's like is that all i am to you because she right. wants him to love her and she doesn't want people to be afraid of her she wants like love and devotion she doesn't want fear and then john turns down her love and she says fine then let it be fear right so like which i loved i like that yeah i thought i thought that was okay um i just also think that it's too far of a character switch for her to like suddenly decide that she only cares about fear like yeah no that's exactly again pacing right if they would have hashed this out over 12 episodes Mm -hmm. instead of eight I think I think we would have believed her going mad a lot more wholesomely. Sure. Yeah. You know, if we had a couple days of her really 
spiraling, right. like losing herself. And people are like, but remember all the good that you did. And then her being like, but what does that matter now? You know what I mean? And I, that could have been better. Right. Yeah. Right. She just like disappeared yeah. from the series for like an hour. Right. <laughs> while she was not eating and being depressed. And she could have just been sad. You know, like we don't know that she's like stewing on whether or not she's going to flame a lot yeah. of people. So, yeah, I have a lot of things that, you know, and I think the, we didn't say this in the beginning, but I would like to say this now and that the petition is fucking stupid. Have you heard about it? Yeah. Oh my God. People fucking get off your fucking high horse. You're, there's no way, number one, they're going to remake it. Number two, those actors put in so much work and effort Mm -hmm. for you to be like, eh, I didn't like it. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking hop off. Like, you guys are ridiculous. So, yes, we have a lot of complaints. All, all, overall, I enjoyed the series. I'm mm-hmm. very happy that it happened. I loved everything about the show. I loved all of the characters and all of the shocking events. I just wanted to make sure that we're not bitching because we didn't. We were bitching because we loved it and mm-hmm. we wanted the absolute best for it. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't want to like hate on it, but you know, a lot of things could have been hashed out that were missing. Like sure. we never got the Night King's backstory. Bran was warging off in the distance and somehow becomes king. Like, yeah, I still, I, I don't still really disagree with the choice of Bran as king because to me, in a fantasy realm, that doesn't work. Like, no, you can't have your I'm trying your mystic. He's a mystic for that yeah. realm. Like, yeah. for all I know, he is like the only. King connection to the past that mm-hmm. place has like he can't i mean maybe he can reproduce i'm not really sure but like does well he? sansa pretty much tells tells everyone that his dick doesn't work <laughs> does she really i thought that was yeah. a joke oh maybe maybe Did it was she a joke say something I think she said he can't have kids. Oh, okay. She was like, he can't produce an heir or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. But uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense to put your mystic on the throne. Like it would be like giving King Arthur's seat to Merlin. Yeah. That's just not where their power is best suited for. And it doesn't make sense here. And like, well, I and I, it didn't make sense what Tyrion said. They wanted to give Bran the throne because of his story. Not because he's, like, endlessly wise. Because he's omniscient. Right, because he knows everything that he shouldn't do. Like, I don't know. Like, there was way better to explain why Bran deserved it than just saying that he had a really great story. That the people would, like, (laughs) follow. It doesn't, it also kind of irks me that, like, he's omniscient. Like, he knows everything. Supposedly. Did he know he was going to be king? And these were the events that would lead to him becoming king? And he did nothing to change that? Yeah, exactly. That's what I took from it. Because when Tyrion said, would you accept? And and Bran goes, well, I didn't come all this way for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he knew. So did he let all this stuff happen? Because I feel like I, if that was the case, maybe he should have let Jon know that Danny was going to torch an entire city. Right. So now you want to be king of a city that needs to spend millions and millions of dollars rebuilding it instead of just letting everyone know ahead of time. So what? There's no people left in it. Who's gonna live there? Yeah, I don't know. But so I understand that if Bran was destined for the throne, it's because he is omniscient, wise, understanding, knows how to not repeat history. Mm -hmm. Like I get it. Like I get why it would be a good choice. But that's not explained, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, yeah, Bran would have known 
known then from the time he became the Three-Eyed Raven. Yes. So that's just kind of and eh. when he like where his storyline is one of the one of the worst hashed out to me that I don't understand his power. I don't understand why he has it. I don't understand what he did with it in the series. Oh, and the biggest yeah, exactly. We don't understand it. So when when Tyrion, okay, so we're sitting in a group of people who never get together, mm-hmm. who had no idea what happened with the, the Night King, mm-hmm. had no idea that it happened, had no idea that zombies were a real thing, mm-hmm. have no idea that a three-eyed raven is a real thing. And you're just trying to, you're just throwing it out there that Bran is this three-eyed raven and he, he can see the past and everyone's just going with it. Everyone's just going with it. Mm-hmm. When Sansa has been so against it since someone told her, she's like, I don't know what the fuck he's on about right now, but he's on some kind of weird grass. <laughs> he's on. He's on the grass. Hello, Jay again, just letting you know what good audio is supposed to sound like. Again, I am very, very sorry. Uh, how are you liking the episode so far? Oh, yeah? Good. Cool. All right, let's get back to it. So, I don't know. So... The Night King, we didn't get a really good backstory. And the best thing about villains and stories is you need their backstory. Mm -hmm. You need to know why they became the way they became. And you need to figure out and to feel mild sympathy for them, which is why Cersei's death felt okay. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, you felt the grain of salt sympathy for this woman begging for her life. You got very humanized very fast. And I I loved that ending. Mm -hmm. But we didn't get any kind of humanization with the Night King other than him fucking smirking at Bran. (laughs) Which, again, I don't understand. Like, so he, I thought, was also, like, a pretty powerful character. But it it would turn out that he had no idea that he had essentially walked into a trap. Because Bran knew that Arya was going to kill him that way. Yeah, the whole... He knew that he could just sit on his ass in his wheelchair and like let all of this happen, the Night King would walk right up to him and then Arya would kill him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Cause like as soon as you start throwing in time travel, storylines go down the drink really quickly oh if God. you don't raid them in. Is it time travel? You know, you know so like his famous line in the Battle of Winterfell when he was like, I'm gonna go now and he just like <laughs> And he just fucking tilts his head back and goes. Where did he go? What did he do? <laughs> he warged into crows to view the battle. Is that it? He just wanted to watch? We have no idea because they never talk about it again. I think he should have warged into the fucking frost dragon and turned that battle real hard. Yeah. But we don't know what his abilities are because we don't get them hashed out. He can warg into animals and he can warg into people because he warged into Hodor. Right. And that is what got him in trouble with the Night King and why he had like the bruise or the burn on himself but I think I think the biggest issue is that you need some level of understanding you know so it's going to be a terrible example but we understand why um how the wizards in Lord of the Rings transform and become higher level mm-hmm. you know we have like this general understanding mm-hmm. and it helps us logically understand that magic right we don't have any kind of logic about bran or the night king right so we're all just kind of like in this whirlwind that we don't quite understand what they're doing Mm -hmm. and we don't understand their limitations and what the logic is of their powers right and for example why the night king can withstand dragon fire but none of the whites can yeah yeah, I hate to like go back to Danny. No, did you think of something? Uh, no, not really. I just wanted to complain one more time. <laughs> 
By the way, they're wyverns, not dragons. (laughs) Oh my god, we can talk about that in a second. Um, Oh, no, I do have a point about the dragons. Um, I think for me, as someone who, like, I like Game of Thrones, I didn't really get into it until Danny got cool. So, like, I don't remember how long I had to wait for actual dragons, but that was the only reason that I got through the first couple seasons. I hate it. (laughs) Well, the first couple seasons had a lot of episodes. That's true. (laughs) In comparison to the last couple. Yeah, I like really couldn't get behind like the political bullshit and the brutality and the violence. And I was like, there's not even dragons in this. And I don't know why I'm watching. And I remember there saying, were so many titties, though. So many titties. Yeah, where did that go? <laughs> where did the titties where go? Where did the titties go? Uh, I remember saying to someone that I watched Game of Thrones and I was like, but I only watch it for the one character who I've been told is going to have dragons. And I was like, she's really the only redeemable part of the series and like that's so funny that you said that (laughs) I literally said that so I think me personally I was disappointed by them choosing this path for Danny I had more of a optimistic view I think for what would happen to her and like what would happen for the realm so like the realm ends in a good place and I think for me I wanted Danny to be the one to bring it there I liked her as a strong independent female character who got everything that she wanted through either kindness or violence depending on what she needed to use but she just she was able all up until you know like the final episode we get her being able to make the the decision between brutality and sympathy right you know she made good balanced decisions right most of the time and even like so her brutal decisions that she made previously where like characters would disagree so like when she wiped out um the tullys the tully sam the tarly yeah. wait tully? tarly you're tarly? right tarly when she wiped out the tarlys and everyone was like this is like a line of of men you can't end this entire family and she did anyway i was super behind that decision because that was the way of the old society yeah you know like she didn't hurt any of the soldiers who didn't pledge their allegiance to her fine they chose not to pledge her allegiance not only did she make an example of them but she also extinguished that way of thinking yeah you know that they were like oh you should preserve this line and she was like no that's not the world order that i'm into and i was like yeah restructure that shit yeah and it like i think another reason that the show wasn't received well was because she was a strong independent female character who was like just as capable as her male counterparts and then she essentially goes crazy and gets replaced by a man yeah whether or not you are a person who like agrees with feminine ideals or gets annoyed by them whatever your story is i disagree with it because of her character development but i also think it was a bad decision in this day and age for having the show received well i think I would have been happy either way because you know it it, it was a 50-50 shot mm-hmm. like they've been saying all along the Targaryens are a flipping of the coin and I really like that aspect that mm-hmm. we didn't know and we were kind of on the edge of our seats wondering if she's going to turn mad right. and fl- like flipping the coin and I really like that aspect so I probably would have been happy either way I didn't really take it that way that you know because I don't think they ever mention in the show itself that she became the mad queen i don't think so it's just like you know what uh social media is running with right right and it's not even necessarily that she went hysteric quote unquote like to really use the historical right but she gets controlled by her emotions amelia clark um who plays danny says she took that speech and how to give it 
by watching Hitler. <gasps> like she watched warlords and like dictators wow. give speeches like that. And if you watch that scene again, it's very reminiscent of like the 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 videos of him giving speeches. Mm-hmm. Like with all the people in the background and, and her back to the camera and right. stuff. Very interesting. Anyway, so she gets really power hungry and she has this new ideal of wiping out everyone who doesn't agree. And I think that's why she's mad. It's not that she went crazy and started killing innocents. She wanted absolute power. Oh, I can see that. I could definitely see that. I, I felt like the moment, in the moment that she chooses to destroy everyone, it was an emotional choice. Yeah, and I just that's like, why it doesn't like ring with everything else. Right. I just like yeah. didn't think that was fair to her character to have like, you no, know, she like gets upset and she looks like she's going to cry possibly from anger, which happens to a lot of us. It happens to me. But I was like, <laughs> man, you know, like she's been so like calculated and she's really like, right. thinking about Con- how to get to the throne. Constructive. Yeah. And then she just like has a Loses little fit it. and then murders a bunch of people. <laughs> Like, not even just a bunch, like, every Like, an entire town. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's what I don't, yeah, and I agree. And I don't think Amelia Clark really, you know, like, really agreed with it either. Because if you watch any interviews, she's she's not super great with it either. No, she definitely wasn't either. If anyone knows that character, it's going to be her. Mm -hmm. So she knows that she was kind of done and disservice. And, you know, like, her she's been portraying this like super powerful woman and you know like what that means to her and what it's been like to be with this character through the journey of someone who was like sold into marriage and used by her brother and then becomes like a dragon riding queen and then to like have her in a matter of a couple days like lose her grip on her dream essentially of breaking the wheel and like taking it to a power level instead and then being stabbed by essentially a letter opener <laughs> and I would be so disappointing to me as well because I feel like I'm sure Amelia Clark is really attached to Daenerys as a character that she's played I'm sure and that would I'm be sure. so disappointing because it was disappointing for me like I can't imagine yeah I think for most of us yeah and so moving moving away from this that we can like actually end this conversation the part at the end with the dragon oh. killed it for me <gasps> Um, you didn't I thought like it was terrible. It? No. Ah. So I'm okay with I'm okay with the dragon grieving because I thought that was heart-wrenching and it just like broke a little piece of me inside. Yes. He was so, so sad. But the fact that he chose not to kill John, who is nearby, his stabbed rider, and the fact that he torched the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. Had he just like blazed up into the sky, you know, and like wrecked everything, that would be different. But the fact that he like targeted the Iron Throne, I just thought was lame and unnecessary yeah it's like the show writers you know we're going too far with the not the story but the ideal like the symbolism, the symbolism that the they were trying to look, tell yeah yeah exactly yeah we were like because i watched it with a bunch of people and actually most of the people at the party disagreed with the dragon like recognizing that she was dead and grieving oh really and I'm surprised. then like not eating john john snow yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people didn't like that. The only thing that I kind of, that I personally, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, he's not going to kill him because he's a Targaryen and he's next in line for the throne. But then he torches the throne and I'm like, so wait, does he not want the, like, is the dragon have enough conscious thought to know that he doesn't want Jon to have the throne? Like, I don't know. 
he loves his no, mom like, so much that no, if she can have the throne, no one can. Like I'm confused. Yeah, that's the point. Like the dragon the dragons has that? fucking sentient. Yeah, that's what I don't think they're sentient. I think that he was just really sad because he could tell that his owner, essentially yeah. his mother, had passed away. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense for him to directly torch the throne. No. You know, like if it was by chance, then your symbolism is heavy-handed. If it wasn't by chance, then you've given the dragon sentience, and that's kind of weird. Yeah, like I, I was on board with that him recognizing the Targaryen blood in John and not killing him mm-hmm. because he's still, you know, like the the I don't know, whatever. He's still the a master. Dragon. He's still a master yeah. of the dragons. So like And he's like been around him, so he wouldn't necessarily see him as a stranger. Well and right. John even looks sad, you know, like so yeah. it's not that the dragon could put two and two together that John killed Danny. But right. it's and it's just like if if he didn't torch the throne, do you think you'd be more on board of him not killing yeah. John and then flying away? Yeah, with absolutely. Her? Yeah, definitely. I just thought it was too much. Like it would have been cooler if like John did it, like ripped the swords apart or something. It did. Like, you didn't even really need to. Is the problem? Or they just like let it rot. You know, like they didn't even like bother with it anymore. It was just that like the dragon torch. And you it. know, this is another thing that they're not explaining very well. Mm-hmm. And so Reddit is running fucking wild. Oh my god, are they gonna say that Danny's alive? Yeah, they actually are. And I kind of agree too, because did you Because he flies off of it? Well, did you see the the meme on the internet about how mm-hmm. the red there's two red witches in the series. Miss Melisandra, the one that takes off uh-huh. her necklace and dies. Sure. There was another one in the Eastern lands. Oh no. And so and they're that's trying he's Yeah, they're trying to say that Drogon is taking Daenerys's body to the Red Witch. How would he know to do that? That's the thing. So like he has enough consciousness to burn down the Iron Throne and try to bring his mother back. So that's like how far are we so giving he's a person. Yeah, how far are we giving these dragons? That would make the dragons people. What I thought would be really interesting and just to really fuck with everyone's mind and on the ending sequence have Drogon give the Red Witch Daenerys's body and her wake up like Jon Snow and then end the series. <laughs> Now, I would take that. I would absolutely take yeah. that. You don't um, even have to finish it. I think that would have just been a fucking great ending. That would have been fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because also, is there any prophecy about Daenerys like being someone important? Because another thing that I don't understand is John was supposed to be this prof. I think like, we're prophecy? ultimately... fulfilling. We're ultimately concluding that the Azor Ahai from the books is not existent in the movie, in the show. But someone tells him that he's like the prince to be promised. Yeah. So it's Melisandre's inability to accurately figure out who the prince to be promised is. So it's Bran. No, it's Arya. Arya kills the Night King. So Beric, the one-eyed guy, gets brought back to save Arya from the whites in that hallway. John, uh-huh. okay, this is also another Reddit thread, which isn't proven, so I'm sorry if you, if you want to fucking hate on me. John <laughs> stands up to the ice dragon, Viserion, uh-huh. to distract it from Arya running past it to get to the Night King. Yes, I told you that, because I read it on my Oh, okay. Right, so John stands up to the dragon mm-hmm. and distracts it so Arya can run past. So that's why John okay. was also brought back. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. So everyone was yeah brought back to save make sure Arya was aligned and ready to kill the night king okay so that storyline just ends when she kills the night yep. king <laughs> 
Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> Did you see the theory? I like her. Like, oh, no. I love that Arya killed him. I love the knife. Me too. I love the knife switch. Like, that was a great mm-hmm. callback. Oh, so it was good. so great. I loved everything about it. The one thing I would change. we're Somehow we're back at the night. The, the long yeah, night. I, this has just been a mad circle. Don't even bother editing this because how? I'm probably not going to. It's going to be fucking <laughs> raw footage. <laughs> to make Barrack's death even more of like a punch in the gut. Mm-hmm. She kills Beric because she like sa- like not sacrifices him, but she puts him out of his misery. Right, the Night King mm-hmm. raises everyone up. Beric comes back while the Hound and Arya are still in the room with him. So Beric comes back. They have to kill him again. <laughs> oh shit. This time, though, Arya realizes that, so I think the library scene happens before that. And so we find out by the library scene, I, do I keep saying library or library? Library uh-huh. scene. I'm talking like my grandma. <laughs> um, <laughs> that the White Walkers do not know presence. They just know sound. So they're reacting to Arya's blood dripping. They hear that yeah. noise. They don't hear her walking. They don't know that there's a living body with them. So they don't they don't sense stuff like that. So they listen to sound. Yeah. So Arya, by ta- by using Beric's White Walker face can get into the Weirwood Tree section unnoticed. Oh, damn. Because she's a white walker with wearing the face. Okay. And that's how she can get so close to the Night King. And then as we're watching the brand Night King stare battle, right. we see Beric with blue eyes running at the uh-huh. Night King. And we're all like, what is going on? And then fucking Arya rips off the face and starts jumping with the knife. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Carrie and I came up with that. That's pretty good. Yeah. We should fucking write a novel. You should. <laughs> or even just rewrite that episode. But just like, fanfic. Like, and then that ties in better Arya's abilities as an assassin and her using... The whole point of her going to... um mm-hmm. Where? Oh, girl, I don't know. She becomes... A faceless um, man. The faceless where? man. Essos. I don't know. Essos. She goes to Essos, becomes a faceless man, all for the sole purpose of being able to put on a White Walker face and kill the Night King. Sure. Wouldn't that have been just so much more, like, wholesome? <laughs> yeah, because her being able to wear faces literally plays no other part in, like, the final In the final two seasons. I think she of, she kills yeah. the phrase in the end of season six. Glorious. With the faces, but then that's mm-hmm. literally it for the faces. Then we're yeah. done. Yeah, they, there were just, like, so many things that they were just like, we're done with this now. Yeah, I don't know why, because the faces thing was fucking cool <laughs> yeah it was so a great useful. yeah it was a great mystical aspect of she could have walked up wearing the night king's face well, carrie <laughs> carrie wanted like, her to surprise. be yeah lol carrie wanted her to be a princeling we don't, what are their actual i don't know what their actual terms the, are like, but like the little prince side white walkers yeah the yeah. powerful but not powerful yeah, they're, like, there, but they're also connected to him, so they have, like, no purpose. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If, if she would have been able to kill one of them somehow, that would have been yeah, cool, too. Yeah, that would have been cool, too. Yeah. Anyway, any final thoughts that are random that you wanted to say? Um, they're not dragons. They're wyverns. <laughs> <laughs> Please explain to the audience, who may not know why, they are actually wyverns. Let's talk about the classification of dragonoids. Yes, please. I'm going to go ahead and bring up a little uh, little Wikipedia here and see what we got. So, 
There are many classes of gigundo reptiles with wings that we call dragons as a blanket umbrella term, but they actually have their own individual characteristics and names. For example, a dragon is a creature with four legs and two wings. Whereas a wyvern is a creature with two legs and two wings that are connected to its four limbs for a total of four limbs. (laughs) If you look at the dragons, quote unquote dragons from Game of Thrones, their wings are connected to their four limbs. Therefore, they only have four limbs and they're wyverns. Mm -hmm. At me. Oh my gosh, I should post a picture of my crested gecko named Smaug this episode and be like, a real dragon. Yep, that's how we're going <laughs> to release this episode with Smaug. <laughs> the best part is that he has this uh, fish tank decoration that I got when he was like the size of my thumb, just like a teeny tiny baby. I got him this uh, treasure chest that Aww. has like fake gold coins in it. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a baby, he curled up inside it. Aww. And now, as a marshmallowy, chunky adult, he sits on top of it. Oh, wow. Like, he lords over it. He knows what he is. That's so <laughs> cute. Oh, my God. Yeah, he hoards his treasure like a little dragon. That's so cute. Oh, that's the picture I'll send you. For sure. Um, also, do you, you know how they do, like, the behind the episode kind of things? Yeah, there's the documentary that's coming out. Yeah, I was going to say, they didn't do one for the finale. That's because they have, like, an hour-long documentary that they're going to release next week. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, are they that, like, upset about everyone's reactions that they're not even doing the behind the scenes? They're not going to publish it? I think that... No, it's because they're saving it. Yeah, and I mean, all, all of Reddit, again, to bring it back to the Game of Thrones Reddit, go read it, everyone, because it's actually really entertaining. Mm-hmm. they hate the behind the scenes things because I hate them too. The writers trying to explain the decisions that they made, make are just like literally make it laughable. Like they have yeah. no idea what they're doing. <laughs> it is really bad. Every time I watch it, I'm just like, Oh God, like don't explain yourself like this. Just stand behind your decisions. And like the way they talk about the characters is weird. I don't know. I've, I've never liked it. I remember that one of the lines from the episode where, uh, from the Battle of Winterfell, where they were like, so we had this moment where Danny torches the Night King and we had really no evidence that the Night King would be harmed by dragon fire. So also there was no reason that he would be harmed by dragon fire. And I was like, you mean other than the fact that all of the other whites are harmed by fire? <laughs> like that was their explanation. Like, well, well, because there wasn't any evidence, you couldn't necessarily say that there was evidence. And I was like, wow, great job. Yeah, spe- like speaking of dumb shit that they say, the two things that bother me the most when they say that Danny lost Rhaegal, Rhaegar, Rhaegon to the dragon Euron. that gets shot. Yep. And, oh, I, that was rough. I kind of thought it was a nightmare. Yeah, I thought it was a nightmare too. I thought that had been interesting as a nightmare. Really bloody and really abrupt. Like, it got me. And it was just a lot. Their reasoning for her allowing, allowing, quote unquote, this to happen is because she, quote unquote, forgot about Euron's army. What? What? What they is just, that logic? They don't know what's going on. They have no idea what they're writing. Also, the pure fact that eight ships of Euron's can take down one fully grown dragon, but a hundred of Euron ships cannot take down one blows my mind. 
How is that logical? Again, I don't know. Battle tactics that aren't making sense. The end. Battle tactics that don't make sense. The end. <sighs> so yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think they did a lot of. They made a lot of poor, not bad, but poor choices because they wanted to wanted it to be cinematically pleasing. Mm-hmm. So like, I understand that they wanted to do twists but they forced Mm -hmm. them and then they made logical plot development fallacies in order to do it. (laughs) Yeah, they're right. They surprised us. (laughs) With a hot load of shit. (laughs) I'm a little surprised at how bad the last season was. (laughs) I'm curious if George has anything to say about it and if they contacted him for help and if they didn't take any of his advice. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know he still wants to sell books and by all means, this was the way to fucking do it. Let the directors fucking ruin the series and everyone's gonna buy your book (laughs) yeah i've even seen social media posts where people are like fine i'll read the book (laughs) yeah because they're hoping for a different ending yeah hbo wanted more seasons and more episodes and the director said no yeah you know why because they got handed star wars so star wars fan enjoy that yeah i know (laughs) r.i.p star wars everyone fucking i wouldn't be surprised if after all this backlash of disney says "Eh, I'm not so sure about this decision. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know if it would have been good for HBO to cut D&D. I, if they would have cut them loose when they said that they were, everyone keeps saying that they have had this vision and they were going to stick to this vision, whether the HBO or the actors or anyone liked it or not. That's a good, that's a good mental place to be in. Yeah. So like 72 hours is our cutoff. If we can't fucking make it, we're not going to fucking make it. And guess what? You didn't fucking make it. Oh. But I really wish that HBO would have been like, no, if you're not going to make this right, you're not going to make it. Yeah, we already waited for two years. Like, honestly, I would have waited for another. We waited two years for eight episodes. And I know, yeah. I know it takes so long to film. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. But holy shit, you couldn't have made 12 30-minute episodes instead. <laughs> Yeah. Final thought, and this is very controversial, and I I know that your boo is on the on this train with me. They're trying to say that John did not pet Ghost goodbye <laughs> because it cost too much and the CGI was too advanced. Yet in the very next episode, we have John pet the damn dog. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I you know, and so someone said they were like, Well, I guess I saw how upset everyone was and I was like, uh no, they made these like a while ago. I just it didn't make sense and then people because of all the backlash, the CGI guy mm-hmm. made a comment that we didn't do it to save on timing, filming and budget. Like we needed to save our energies. Mm-hmm. But man, you pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought it was sad, but I thought maybe he wasn't saying goodbye to Ghost because he didn't want to make him upset. You know? Yeah, like, no, I know. And I, Does anyone have a dog that has separation anxiety? Have you ever, like, picked up your keys <laughs> to leave? <laughs> they know. I thought maybe he was just like, take him north. I'm not going to say goodbye to him because I don't want to make him know that something is up and him follow me. Yeah. Anyway. All right. It is midnight, so we should probably go to bed. I know. I gotta go to bed. I have to go to work in the morning. Oh, boo. (laughs) Well, I enjoyed my beer. 
ultimately it was it was a little bit better warmer because it wasn't as aggressive on the tongue as <laughs> yes as assaulting yeah how are your blood oranges did you get a pick i did i'll send that to you via text message it's not super good okay because i take shitty pictures take your time Alrighty, everyone. Well, thank you for riding with us on this journey of Game of Thrones hate. Yeah, hopefully you're just as disappointed as we are. Otherwise, you probably won't listen. And uh, hey, I'm open to opinions. Yeah, me too. Convince me it wasn't so bad. I honestly wouldn't mind that. That's honest to God why I read the Reddit, because I want to be convinced that there were things that I missed and there were... That they thought things out. And yeah, they thought things out and weren't so disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, I I went on uh, some social medias that were just like ripping the show apart via memes because that that helped heal me yeah <laughs> that helped my soul i think this helped me too. come to terms with just the loss we needed to grieve yeah this was good this was an important part <laughs> <laughs> anyway you can follow us on twitter and instagram at epiloggers pod uh i'm jay i'm shay and thanks for hanging out always remember to keep a beer in one hand and a book in the other maybe a tv show Who knows what's next? Especially (laughs) when you're being disappointed by a TV show. (laughs) Yeah, go back to the books, everyone. The books. (laughs) All right, and there you have it: our opinions, thoughts, and feelings of the season eight series finale of Game of Thrones. We're excited for George Martin's books to come out. Please do, George. We're waiting. Also, uh, have I mentioned how sorry I am for the poor audio quality? Because you know I am. See you in two weeks.